It's Thursday, August 10th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Travel Anderson, and this is What A Day, where we hope whoever won the $1.58 billion lottery jackpot in Florida is trans. Yeah, I just want that to make Ron DeSantis as mad as humanly possible, and then maybe you can have a little bit of the leftovers, whoever won, uh, to get the fuck out of Florida. Feels like that might be useful. <laughs> Absolutely. On today's show, your takeaways from the recent summit to protect the Amazon rainforest. Plus, reporters found a memo that lays out the plot by Trump's team to use fake electors to steal the 2020 election. But first, raging wildfires on the Hawaiian island of Maui have killed six people and displaced thousands more. As of our recording time at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, the fires are still ongoing, so the full extent of the damage is not yet known, but hundreds of homes and businesses have been destroyed, including within the historic town of Lahaina, which is home to much of Maui's tourism, as well as thousands of residents. This is Clint Hansen, a resident of Kihei, who is driving around the island trying to help people, describing the destruction to MSNBC from his car. It's really kind of shocking to think about the places where you grew up to just no longer exist, to be fearful about your friends, whether or not they're still alive because you can't communicate with them, watching footage of people burned alive in the streets and people panicking for their lives as they drive through flashpoints where if they were to step out of the car, there's very little chance of them surviving. Ooh, take a deep breath there. So what more can you tell us about the evacuation and rescue efforts? The fires and the road closures have trapped residents and tourists alike, forcing some on the island's western side to flee by swimming into the Pacific Ocean where they were rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. So, so bad, moving so quickly and so catastrophic that these people are forced to jump into the ocean just to avoid this fire, which is wild to even think about. According to the island's mayor, over 2,100 people were in evacuation shelters and an additional 1,800 sheltered overnight on Tuesday in Maui's airport. The news outlets say that six fire victims were flown into the neighboring island of Oahu, and some of them are burn patients in critical condition. Yeah, some of the photos and videos from Maui, they look devastating as well, like a scene out of a movie. What more do we know about all of this? Yeah, so there's no official count yet for the number of structures destroyed by these fires. But Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz said on X, once known as Twitter, that Lahaina is, quote, almost totally burnt to the ground. Here is another clip from Richard Olston, who works in helicopter tours in Maui. He describes what he and his team saw yesterday morning to the local KISS FM radio station. Take a listen. There's hundreds of homes burned to the ground, hundreds of people that are displaced with no place to go. But the place literally looked like a war zone, like it had been bombed. I mean, the structures, there's just nothing left. All of Front Street is gone. The harbor, the boats are burned down to the water. Yeah, it's sounding like complete devastation there. What do we know about how this fire started in the first place? So there are no reports yet about what exactly started the blaze, although the Hawaii Wildfire Management Organization notes that humans are responsible for over 98% of the wildfires in the state. So we will stay tuned for any more details that we get in the coming days there. Also, though, climate change has made the state much more prone to wildfires in recent years. 
Hawaii is typically known for its tropical climate, but leading up to this, Maui has actually been extremely dry, with much of the western side of the island, which is where these fires are, experiencing drought conditions. That, coupled with strong winds from Hurricane Dora, which is moving across the Pacific Ocean hundreds of miles to the south of Hawaii, has fueled these fires and allowed them to move extremely quickly. The fires also took out cell service and 911 service on many parts of the island. So you have this very terrifying, very quickly changing situation coupled with extreme communication difficulties beyond anyone's wildest nightmares, really. Mm-hmm. Hawaii's governor, Josh Green, said that it's almost certain that the cost of the damage from these wildfires will be in the billions of dollars. Yesterday, FEMA's regional administrator authorized the use of federal funds to help Hawaii fight the fires. The winds have also gone down a bit, so hopefully that will help as well. But the scenes from the island are just truly, truly devastating. What once was known as paradise around the world is really just apocalyptic. Yeah, and for our listeners, wherever they are, what might be the best way for them to help locals? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. So we are including a list of resources, including the Maui Mutual Aid Fund in our show notes. If you're able to contribute, it is so desperately needed by so many at this time. You know, contributions to these people on the ground is Mm -hmm. a way to ensure that this help will get to people as fast as possible. And of course, you know, many people here have lost their homes, their livelihood, and they'll need shelter as the island rebuilds. So now is not the time to plan leisure travel to Maui. Obviously, you wouldn't do it in the midst of the fires, but in the coming days, weeks, months, when the spotlight is off Maui, but they are still recovering and still Mm -hmm. need time and space, don't plan your vacation. Don't take the precious hotel rooms, food, and resources that are needed by local people at this time. That is just something really important to keep in mind. This will be a process that will take a lot of time. Absolutely. And thank you for that, Priyanka. Staying with some environmental news, the summit has wrapped between leaders of the eight South American countries that shared the Amazon rainforest. They met in the Brazilian city of Balem over the last couple days, and their goal, as we've mentioned on the show before, was to come up with a list of unified policies and measures to stop the destruction of the rainforest, which, according to Al Jazeera, is, quote, a crucial buffer against climate change that experts warn is being pushed to the brink of collapse. Here's Brazilian President Luis Inácio Lula da Silva speaking at the summit translated by Sky News. It has never been so urgent to resume and expand this cooperation. The challenges of our age and the opportunities that arise demand joint action. So this group is known as the Amazon Cooperation Treaty Organization, or ACTO, and includes leaders from Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Ecuador, Guyana, Peru, Suriname, and Venezuela. By the end of their summit yesterday, they did adopt a, quote, new and ambitious shared agenda, but it stops short of what some environmentalists and indigenous groups had hoped for. Got it. Okay, so before we get into that, I would love if you could break it down for us. What exactly was a agreed to at the summit. 
Yeah, so the group's final joint declaration, which they're calling the Ba'lam Declaration, is a nearly 10,000-word roadmap of sorts that aims to protect the Amazon. They asserted indigenous rights and protections, while also agreeing to cooperate on water management, health, common negotiating positions at climate summits, and sustainable development. They also established a science body to meet annually and produce reports about the Amazon, similar to the United Nations International Panel on Climate Change. And then there's an alliance for combating forest destruction that was also created. But that alliance doesn't involve any actual specific goals. Each country has been left to pursue their own goals, which is one of the many things that environmentalists are up in arms about. Got it. I mean, very easy to see why anything short of a strong, explicit commitment here is disappointing. It's hard to hold people to if you don't actually state what you're being held to. Mm -hmm. So can you remind us what is at stake with the rainforest and its future and, and just why this is so important? As we've covered on the show before, the effects of climate change are literally everywhere and it's getting worse by the day. Between that and human-caused destruction, up to 20% of the Amazon rainforest has disappeared in the last 50 years. And because it's so bad, there really needs to be significant sweeping commitments worldwide to minimize the severity of what could happen. For example, Brazil has already pledged to end illegal deforestation by 2030. Activists wanted all of the ACTO countries to commit to the same, and they also wanted the countries to adopt Colombia's pledge to halt new oil exploration. Some of their other gripes include there not being a shared fixed deadline by which to end illegal gold mining in the region, and the group also failed to establish as a shared goal having zero deforestation by 2030. Got it. Okay, so definitely some disappointments. Mm -hmm. What exactly does it say that the activist and indigenous groups' demands weren't fully met here? Well, it says that the commitment to combating climate change, you know, isn't as strong as perhaps it should be, and that the group isn't fully aligned on some of those key issues I just mentioned. Especially since, for added context, this is only the fourth time in the ACTO's 45-year history that they've even met, and this week's meeting was the first convening of the group in 14 years. That said, the group is hoping that the Balem Declaration will be a shared call to arms of sorts for the major United Nations climate conference known as COP28 happening in November, especially as the declaration also calls on wealthier nations to help fund some of these efforts to protect the Amazon, since the Amazon is such a vital resource for the entire globe. As Bolivian President Luis Arce said, quote, the fact that the Amazon is such an important territory doesn't imply that all of the responsibilities, consequences, and effects of the climate crisis should fall to us, to our towns, and to our economies. Of course, we will be staying on the climate change beat because it's super necessary, but that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? <laughs> or tax week? Man. 
That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P dot com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. An opposition candidate in Ecuador's upcoming presidential election was assassinated yesterday. Fernando Villa Vicencio, who was fiercely anti-corruption, was shot dead at a political rally at a school north of the country's capital, Quito. But at the time of recording, it was not yet known who killed him. The first round of the presidential election is set to take place on August 20th, just 10 days from now. President Guillermo Lasso said he has called an urgent meeting to discuss the killing. He wrote on Twitter, now called X, quote, My solidarity and condolences to his wife and his daughters. For his memory and his fight, I assure you that this crime will not go unpunished. We have two updates on Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. First, it was revealed yesterday that prosecutors working for special counsel Jack Smith were granted a search warrant to look into Trump's Twitter earlier this year. 
The warrant is part of the investigation into Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election, but it's currently unknown what prosecutors are specifically looking for. Some experts speculate that the prosecutors will focus on non-public aspects of the account, such as drafts that were never publicized. The prosecutors received permission from the judge to not reveal the warrant to Trump to prevent Trump from potentially destroying evidence. Twitter disapproved of the decision to keep the warrant a secret and did not comply with court orders until three days after the deadline, resulting in a $350,000 fine for the company. And for the other update, last week's indictment revealed a previously unseen memo from the Trump campaign that outlines a three-pronged plan to prevent Joe Biden's victory on January 6th. The letter, which was written by Trump lawyer Kenneth Cheesebro in December 2020, featured a plot that would, quote, buy the Trump campaign more time to win litigation that would deprive Biden of electoral votes and or add to Trump's column. I, too, am curious. I would love to see the drafts, please. (laughs) Whether or not they find relevant things to their investigation, I hope they just release whatever he had, because I'd love to know what didn't make the cut for his Twitter. Because a lot of things shouldn't have did but, right um, <laughs> what was he like no can't do this right where are his boundaries at would love to know bet there is zero but anyways <laughs> the biden administration released new rules yesterday to restrict u.s investments in certain high-tech industries in china as a way to protect national security investments between the two countries fell sharply the last several years but u.s venture capital and private equity firms continue to seek out chances to invest in china's booming tech sector. Biden's restrictions specifically target that. Emily Benson from the Center for Strategic and International Studies told the New York Times that, quote, there is mounting evidence that U.S. capital is being used to advance Chinese military capabilities and that the U.S. lacks a sufficient means of combating this activity. China has made its frustrations with this decision known, but Biden officials have defended it, saying that these restrictions are all about protecting national security and not aimed at damaging the Chinese economy. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein was hospitalized for a short time Tuesday afternoon after a fall, according to a spokesperson. Feinstein had a, quote, minor fall in her San Francisco home where she tripped over a chair in her kitchen. She suffered no injuries, thankfully, but was taken to the hospital out of an abundance of caution and remained there for an hour or two until her scans came back clear. It's the latest incident in a series of health issues for the Senate's oldest member. Let us remind everybody, she is 90 years old, so Mm. not a problem for anyone's grandparents, you know, your Mm -hmm. run-of-the-mill citizen. But between that and her uh, many health troubles, just a cause for concern among many. Mm -hmm. Concerns for Feinstein's health and ability to serve in Congress have grown recently, and even some House Democrats have called on her to retire, citing that her extended medical absence earlier this year slowed the process of confirming judicial nominees, which is a very real and tangible consequence. She relied heavily on her staffers to carry out duties while she recovered from a severe case of shingles from February until May. Senator Feinstein is a trailblazer, an icon, really. And she, like every 90-year-old that is living, deserves <laughs> the time and space to recover from these things, deserves some time to relax. Yes. She doesn't have to do it on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Retirement. Retirement sounds nice. Listen, if I'm still working at 90, something is wrong. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Don't do that. 
Rapper Tory Lanez was sentenced to 10 years in prison for shooting Grammy winner Megan Thee Stallion in the foot in 2020. Lanez was found guilty of three charges in December of last year, including assault with a semi-automatic firearm, illegal possession of a firearm, and discharging a gun with gross negligence. The shooting happened back in July of 2020 after they left a party at Kylie Jenner's home. The two artists got into an argument, and as Megan walked away, Lanes shot at her feet and, according to Megan's testimony during the trial, shouted at her to dance. She was later hospitalized and underwent surgery. At Tuesday's sentencing, Lane said to the judge that the plaintiff was his friend and, quote, someone I still care for to this day. Ew. Megan was not in court for the sentencing, but in a written statement said, quote, for once, the defendant must be forced to face the full consequences of his heinous actions and face justice. A thousand percent. Megan is in the right here. Tory Lane's disgusting human being, as is everybody who was supporting him and, like, trashing Megan. Megan, who was shot. And also, little focus on detail here. Why is Kylie Jenner throwing a party in July of 2020 when all of us were fucking scared we were going to die? <laughs> I don't know. Just asking the questions here. Well, you remember, the celebrities weren't following all of the rules because they, you know, had money right. and access to all of the things that they needed. So they weren't hoarding toilet paper like everyone else, if you remember that. All too well, sadly. And finally, in Idaho, six college professors and two teachers unions sued the state on Tuesday to challenge a law that they argue violates their First Amendment right to academic speech. At issue is the No Public Funds for Abortion Act, or NPFAA, a 2021 law which prohibits the use of public funds to, quote, promote or counsel in favor of abortion. Public employees who break that law could be fired, fined, imprisoned, and required to repay any quote-unquote, misused funds. The lawsuit, filed by the ACLU of Idaho, argues that the law is, quote, simultaneously sweeping and unclear, and, quote, violates the First Amendment by banning academic speech that could be construed as supporting abortion. The case includes a Boise State University professor of social work and five University of Idaho professors who teach political science, philosophy, American literature, and journalism. Because of the law's vague terms, the suit says that educators in the state have already changed or removed course materials, and one professor said that they did so out of fear of prosecution. The plaintiffs in the case are asking the court to declare the law unconstitutional under the First and Fourteenth Amendments and to bar its enforcement as it relates to discussions about abortion in the classroom. Yeah, I've been saying since I graduated high school that I was at a disadvantage because of how horrible South Carolina's education system is. And now with all of these new rules popping up in various different places, I'm concerned about the future, Priyanka. Yeah. The kids aren't going to be getting even the horrible education that I got. They're getting worse. On one hand, it's like a little egalitarian, like everyone's getting a shitty education that's not sufficient. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't think this is what we were going for. Absolutely <laughs> we were not. We are trying to rectify that. Absolutely not. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, if you're like most Americans, your top two concerns are one, the right to an abortion being taken away by a radical GOP party, and two, beer getting warm too quickly. <laughs> right. The Crooked Store's Bros for Row collection can kill both those birds with one stone, and that stone is a koozie. 
No matter your gender, you can say hell nah, bro, <laughs> to restrictions on abortion access with bros for road tees, pint glasses, and koozies. Check it out at cricket.com slash store. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, lend a hand to those in Hawaii, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just memos by Team Trump like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Trayvall Anderson. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and why, why can't, can't we, we win, win the, the lottery? lottery? Seriously, I can't think of a more deserving duo. I could do a lot of things with $1.6 billion, okay? Yeah, you know how many dates of Taylor Swift and Beyonce we could go to with $1.5 billion? see the whole tour every city i'm traveling with every Beyonce, show okay it's you b and blue <laughs> ivy just at every stop <laughs> what a day is a production of crooked media it's recorded and mixed by bill lance our show's producers itsy quintanilla raven yamamoto and natalie bettendorf are our associate producers our intern is ryan cochran and our senior producer is lita martinez our theme music is by colin gilliard and kashaka What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty stores and Ulta.com.